0: Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all.
1: If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt, and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language, primos.
0: back to the paddle and finn podcast as always i'm your host brian and alongside me is jay mr Jay randall and tonight you guys we have an epic guest uh he's a man that doesn't need introduction he's hooked on wild waters he is the face of jackson kayaks when it comes to fishing uh, Z Man Pro staff, Smith Optics, so many, so many other things. But, uh, you know, if you guys are interested in learning about river fishing, this is, uh, this is definitely one of my idols and a guy I look up to. Um, I've gained a, a lot of knowledge from, uh, just watching, you know, his TV show Hooked on Wild Waters, listening to his podcast Hooked on Wild Waters. I'm not as spoiled as Jay and I haven't fished with him, but, uh, none other than mr drew gregory himself welcome drew
2: thanks guys glad to be on the podcast
0: no we appreciate it man we definitely appreciate it so um i guess you know usually we run through with all of our guests um how you got into kayak fishing and uh or or fishing in general and then uh you know obviously you're fishing out of a jackson kayak usually ask folks what kind of kayaks they're fishing out of so maybe you can tell us what your favorite Jackson kayak is that you love to fish out of.
2: Sure man hey before I get started on that I do want to make a comment on your intro there you said I'm a man that needs no introduction and I appreciate that because that's a compliment but (laughs) I will say this man there's a a lot of young guys out there doing some great stuff in our sport and people are getting in the sport every day and You know, maybe I do need an introduction to them. You know, you never know. So I'm glad you did give me the proper introduction. And (laughs) uh, even though you guys have been in the sport a long time, you know what's going on and who kind of some of the pioneers were. And I just want to say all that to say this, kind of a funny story about Tiger Woods. So Tiger Woods, he's uh, obviously popular, famous golfer, probably one of the famous athletes on the planet. I like golf in spare time. Whenever I'm not fishing, I try to get out there and play golf. So Tiger Woods, if you can believe this or not, he will walk up on the tee box and say he's playing with a a young guy who just got on the PGA tour. First time ever, ever meeting him. And he goes up to him and guess what he says? Who are you? Yeah. He says, he says, (laughs) he goes this, he he puts out his hand. He goes, hi, I'm Tiger. What's your name? Like, like they don't know who he is. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, hi, I'm Tiger. Nice to meet you. You know, like, and it's like, hi, I'm, I'm Jay. I'm Brian. It's like, no kidding, you're Tiger Woods, dude. Like you say <laughs> that. Like everybody knows. Like it just it's, but he does it because, you know, for all his faults and flaws, he actually does it because he's kind of like, he always wants to stay grounded, and not so arrogant where it's like everybody in the world must know who I am. I just got to walk around. He just is polite and says, just like he would do to anybody if he didn't know who he was. Like, hi, I'm Tiger. You know, hi, I'm Drew. Nice to meet you. But even though, like, I met him at Fetima, like a kayak fishing trade show. Most people know who I am. I don't need to, but sure. I always try to try to do that. Like, hey, my name is Drew. What's your name? So anyway,
0: that's I a appreciate funny it. little
2: no. segment there about that. <laughs> but getting into the actual question, what was the question? See, <laughs>
0: it's all right, man. It's all right. Um, How did you get into kayak fishing um, and, and maybe what your favorite Jackson kayak to uh, mm-hmm. fish out of is?
2: Yeah, this is a good one. Um, so I got into kayak fishing out of necessity because I was trying to find the right tool for a job and that job was fishing rivers most effectively. Of course, you guys know, you mentioned it earlier, I love fishing rivers and I was, you know, one of the pioneers of kayak fishing in in rivers early on. Although I'm sure that native American Indians would argue that. Okay. I get it. Sure. Sure. But so basically it was the best tool for the job. And so uh, I was just finishing up undergrad and I learned how to whitewater kayak and, um, on, on the Ocoee river in Tennessee, I went to Lee university. And then afterwards I went to grad school and I moved back in with my parents. And it was kind of like that, that whole situation where you finish undergrad, you move back in with your parents and you had this height of your social peak in your life and friends were everywhere. And now it's like, Whoa, I got nobody around. It's kind of, I got to get out of the house. I got to do something. So I went fishing and I waded the river nearby. It was the yellow river in, in near Snowville, Georgia, where my parents lived. And, I just was like, man, I could go so much further in a kayak. I was just whitewater kayaking my senior year in college. I could go so much further down the next bend and explore a lot easier in a kayak. I wonder if anyone's doing this. And I got onto a website, um, georgiariverfishing.com, and I don't even think it exists anymore. But it was back in the day when there were these things called forums, kids. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that was one of those. And people were starting to use kayaks for the rivers. And I was like, that is the best tool to get to wild places and of course sort of led me eventually to what you guys already know about not can elaborate on now but led me to getting some sponsorships because I was catching lots of big fish and eventually to Jackson kayak where I designed um, the cusa was the first sort of fishing employee uh, at the company sort of led that side of the brand and now we've just grown and expanded and we've got so many awesome employees that are really just taking over and doing a great job making cool kayaks for you guys to go catch fish out of in any situation, not just rivers. Although I'm still going to be on rivers. Yeah. Probably 75% of the time.
0: Sure.
1: Sure. I'm proud of you, man. Get on some lake. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I, you some lakes, dude.
2: I'm not going to be on lakes. Like you'll see me if I'll be, I'll be at the KBF championship again this year, just like it was last year. Yep. You know, the majority of people are on lakes. The majority of the available water is lakes. Cause I got five lakes there, but I will be, First and foremost, looking at any kind of moving water rivers, although I'm definitely at a disadvantage this year, I think, because those fish in the lakes get pretty big. They've got the Florida strains and, yeah. you know, the acidic water in the, that sort of area of the country doesn't doesn't make for the greatest um, growing for bass. And also you've got the spotted bass that really infests a lot of those bayous and rivers. So, But I'll still see what I can do. I'm sure I can find some spot to catch some fish and hey you never know catching a limit two days pretty much going to get you that third day and then anything can happen
0: yeah we'll see yeah no definitely i heard you talk about that on your recent uh hooked on wild waters podcast that you were going to be searching for some river waters and uh i found that interesting and i know um jay and i have had many conversations about him fishing with you at the kentucky lake uh championship and He's like, man, Drew and all those guys, they went to the river. So I followed them, you know, (laughs) so, you know, it's, uh, it's cool, man. Cause I mean, for me personally, I've always been a lake guy, right? Um, when I, when I'm fishing a river, it's usually for trout, steelhead, salmon, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I never really, um, put myself out there for fishing for bass. And, you know, I came across you obviously when I got into kayak fishing and, um, you know, I was like, man, I got some really killer, smaller rivers by me that I know are loaded with smallmouth. And, uh, I think it's a lot of, a lot of people skip over that, right? I mean, we have a lot of new to kayak fishing, um, listeners and, you know, I know this past year I did more exploring of the wild waters. Part of that was due to Jay, he definitely pushed me. Um, nice. But uh, finally, you know,
2: against a measurable output
0: from Jay. Yeah.
2: Twice. <laughs> twice in one podcast. Oh, really, on?
0: That's I funny. Mean, That's bro, funny. Awesome. I love it. But uh, I mean, not only that, but you can't beat the bite of a smallmouth, right? Like the fight pound for pound versus a largemouth is it's it's just spectacular. And, um, you know, obviously, not a lot of lakes in our area carry smallmouth in them. Um, so I definitely got out and started exploring, uh, more rivers. So I guess my question going into this, uh, you know, whole statement is, you know, if, if you had a new to kayak fishing person, what would your recommendation be? Like how to approach a river, maybe, uh, some spots to key in on, uh, and safety things for sure. Cause I, you know, obviously rivers can be very dangerous, and if you don't know what you're doing, uh, you could definitely sure. find yourself in trouble, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'll try to make this super quick. Um, <clears throat> so first thing, first part of the question for safety and for fishability, people need to learn, and maybe there's an episode of my show. i I actually explained this. I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was maybe in one of the last episodes of Hooked on Wild Waters where I go fished in, on the Catawba River, but I briefly talk about the USGS gauges and how important those are and how they've tracked for, you know, some of these gauges have been set in place. Let's, let's say like at a bridge or wherever Sure. they've been set there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And they've been tracking for that much time. When you go on there, if you paid attention in third or fourth grade or whatever, and you learn how to read graphs, you didn't miss that day at school. Then you'll see this little, (laughs) little word that says median and this little triangle symbol on that graph. And you'll see, um that triangle is all all along every day and if the spike of water is above that triangle you know um, that median which is kind of the average based on all the years they've tracked on that exact day that's the average level that river's been at if you're above that you generally have muddy water or too high swifter water too much volume to safely fish if you're at it or below you're gonna have clear water and safe water to fish so it's really pretty simple so that's on the safety thing and that helps you find the ones to go fish right the right. water should be cleared and you can actually catch fish as far as once you get on the water this is what i mean i just think rivers are so easy just because i'm a river guy and since it's sort of my specialty i guess it should look easy to me it should be easy to me but it's not for everybody else but to me it's super simple they're ambush predators uh, i mean they're they are on a lake as well um but they do chase a little bit more with obviously schools of fish and lakes, but on rivers for sure, they are usually just behind some structure and they're just sitting still trying to preserve their energy. And then they just wait for something to come by and they just quickly ambush. The trick is you're, you're moving. So that's a, uh, obviously one sort of factor you got to think about um, because it's going to affect your cast and cause you're a moving and also throwing to a moving target. And then um, so if it's a stump, a log, a root ball, rock, bridge piling, whatever, you got to be pretty accurate because their strike zone is pretty it can be pretty small at times. And so, but when I'm going down a river and and hopefully uh, you've got you'll learn about a tool called an anchor wizard or it has a drag chain on it, some slow rivers, a power pole. It does help to kind of have something slowing yourself down because fish are going to be in those calm spots where most beginning, you know like you said, new to kayak fishing anglers are going to want to pull over and, and to rest to make their casts. Sure. It's nice because you're resting and it's easy, but the, the bad part is you're probably right on top of the fish. It'd been nice if you to made a cast of that spot first, but a lot of times you can't, you're just moving down the, the river so fast. So that's the key. If you're, if you're going to move down fast, you're going to be accurate and just keep boom, 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 quick, quick, quick hitting behind targets. And then if you're uh, able to slow yourself down, at least you have a little bit more time. So it just takes some practice, but um, basically it's ambush predators. And then as you get better, you'll start to to learn that the the, uh, the sort of things they're hiding behind, rocks and, and logs, they're not all visible either. So a lot of sure. the times the current break is down under the river and you can see and see by the currents on the surface. You can just sort of tell when something is big enough down there and when you need to be throwing it in the middle of the river or some places that maybe other people don't quite see. And That's the equivalent of fishing that underwater hump. On a lake that people find, or or a channel, or a ledge, or something on a lake that you would never know was there because it's in 20 foot of water. So that's the river equivalent. So it's challenging, but it's a lot of fun once you start to really get the hang of it.
0: I I can attest to that, man. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, normally when I'm fishing rivers, it's uh, it's usually fly fishing for trout, and they're the same way. You know, ambush predators, mm-hmm. and I think that was one thing I struggled a lot with when I first started getting into it was learning how to read water, um, which, you know, basically you just described. And I think once you figure that out, it's all downhill from there. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good time, man. Yeah. You'll be happy to know that I'm spending a lot more time on rivers these days. Nice. Yeah. Hey man, it's, I'm telling you, it's, to me,
2: it's just more exciting because, a lake looks the same every time, you know what I mean? You got the yeah. bass boats, you have other traffic, it's the same dock, it's the same everything. But when you go on a river section, the next time you can go on the next section, and then the next one, the next one. By the time you, you do that, you know, and you're within an hour or an hour and a half of your house, you could go back to your original section or just go back to the best section that the best fishing was. And it's because of rains have happened b- between now and when you've gone back. I mean, it's going to look totally different and possibly fish different. Different water level, it's just going to be totally different fun experience. But, um, and the last thing I'll mention on that too, about, so people don't misunderstand. So my philosophy is a little different. I'm sort of ADD. So I like to just power fish, power fish, power fish. Sure. But a lot of times in rivers, when they get clear and low, you'll, you'll definitely have a lot of slow water. It's almost like a lake slow and just calm. And there's beautiful pools there and they'll just sit there. They'll throw soft plastic and just work that hole. Cause there's no current really like positioning the fish in that situation but there is current when you go further down, you get, it narrows up, you know? So these are called pools and, and then there's runs and rapids, you know, runs and, and then uh, tails out into another pool so forth. And they'll just waste so much time in those pools. I did, I did just want to mention that because you can do that and you might catch fish. You might be able to throw a Ned rig or something like that and just keep working on this beautiful, clear blue pool and, and just sit there forever. But to me, it's just, if they're a big fish, if they're aggressive fish, they're going to bite on the first few casts anyway. So I move on to the next moving water situation, you know, and then the next tail out that goes into a pool. Don't waste too much time. Just work in an area that doesn't have too much visible current that y- it looks good. Cause that's where you'd fish in a lake. You can just tell there's tons of rock down there. You feel it. It's just not usually that productive. You're going to catch more fish if you skipped it, even though you could have caught fish there. I'm not saying you couldn't have, but if you skipped it, thinking how much time, how many other spots with good moving current you could have hit, with well, the whole time you're sitting there working at one bait for like five minute cast, you know, so for sure. my philosophy.
0: No, I like it, you know, because I think it's, it's something that a lot of people think about, you know, when they're so stuck in uh lake fishing, you know, and, and I can attest because I used to do the same thing when I would trout fish, you know, I would hit those smaller moving pools, uh, where there was virtually no current and yeah, those were the days I wouldn't catch a lot of fish, but if I started fishing the riffles, things like that, you know, I would, I would definitely end up on top. So yeah, yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, that's definitely uh, a a good point. No doubt. No doubt.
2: If you think about it, when they release water from a dam, all of a sudden, like the fish just start biting, they just turn on.
1: Yeah. There's like
2: flow. It's the same thing with tide in saltwater as soon as the tide turns and is really moving boom they're biting so why would you in the river you have the choice you can sit there at slack tide in that pool and that that big pool that just kind of sucks you're not catching as much you might can catch some but why would you do that when you could go just downstream a little bit to the tide moving really nicely at that point you know or or finding a, a release if you will of water from from like a dam so that's sort of my my tip there for those just starting out
0: right on right on um so obviously you have a tv show hooked on wild waters um you know what was the thought behind that is it is tv all it's cracked up to be or is it a bigger pain i know like man that's a good question (laughs) yeah i mean you know a lot of people see someone like yourself on tv and they're like oh that guy's living the life but I know that's not always necessarily right. the case. You're not fishing the whole time, right? You're doing right. more than that. So Yeah, maybe... it's a
2: pain. <laughs> it's a pain, man. It is if you love to fish, then it is not for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get to fish, but it's even worse, you're gonna be right there. It's almost like someone put me in jail. But this jail actually had a window and it sure. was at this beautiful river right there but I could never cast to it. It's just like wrap right <laughs> my glass. I just have to look at it. That's the worst situation I could ever be in. And so that's kind of what it's like because you're out there and there's just so much to the filming and the production. You just don't get many casts at all. It's it's like sure. maybe a one, maybe one sixth or something of the amount of normal casts of a normal day. We just spend like a few hours actually casting and fishing. And it's just a pain, but it's, it's fun in the sense that hey what would, would I rather be doing that than something else I mean yeah of course Sure. You know, right, right you right. gotta you have to look at it like that if you look at it like that then you can be out there and enjoy it but when they're sitting there and they're trying to like do these stage shots or the, the mics lose battery or we got to stop and you know whatever they got to change batteries in the big cameras or whatever or some oh, this guy that's got to get out and use the bathroom like he's paddling our camera whatever all this stuff is just you got that many people in a flotilla just it's like you know, trying to round up if anybody listening out there has got a a family of five or six, it's like, man, you're you're never gonna be on time. You got to start getting ready like an hour
1: two to
2: <laughs> get there, actually be on time. It's like, so anyway, it's it's kind of a pain, but it's it's worth it when the it's the whole thing is produced and done. It's worth it. And the thing that that always is funny, people say like, well, how'd you do? How'd you do on, on the river? And when they call me or they know I was fishing in an area for an episode, it's like, well, I mean, they're trying to compare like how they do.
0: yeah right normal day
2: to, like how drew do on the on the river? It's like, I mean, we caught fish, but it's not a good like it's not an apples to apples sort of comparison, but if but that's okay because the show is more about the adventure. See, we gathered all the other stuff in the adventure that every day you know, fishermen going out there don't get. And that's what we're trying to do is share a whole story. And that's probably what makes our show unique and so special and different is because we spend so much time getting that story, putting in all the, the uh, side stories and the awesome B roll of the area, because it's, it is more about an adventure and the journey, not just, you know, like a lot of fishing shows are kind of boring oh, we're over this private pond and it's just sure. fish, fish, fish. There's no sort of context to it. And we're trying to give context, like the history, maybe, or maybe about the species we're catching, um you know, so many people maybe had never heard of a shoal bass or a bartram's bass. We're catching these fish and explaining, so people leave our show a smarter angler than they were when they started. In terms of understanding the whole environment and the world, the more you understand the whole ecosystem, the better angler you will eventually become. So someone can sit there and and basically be an infomercial and throw this one crankbait in a private lake or pond. And trust me, that's so much easier to film
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: because they're in boats and, and they're camera guys in a boat, not in kayaks or jet boats or whatever our guys have to be in sometimes. But hopefully it uh, it shows on the final product why people are pretty excited and interested about our show.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. And I think like that's one key that I've taken away from your show is like you guys, um, it seems like every location you go to, you'll talk to like a a biologist or something like that. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, environment is one thing that I think you always stress, which I think is great. And that's something that me and Jay have talked about before. Like, you know, just, uh, you know, you're in a river, clean up the garbage or a lake or something like that. Like we want our kids, kids, kids to be able to enjoy these things that we do now. And I think that's key. Like you guys do a lot of that stuff on your show. And You know, as far as like the different Basco, I remember the first time I watched you and I was like, dude, like there's like 50 different species of largemouth bass like what the heck like you know you know uh,
1: I even sent him a picture once I was like hey is this spotted bass he's like no yeah
0: I mean I and I think that's key like I, I think a lot of anglers don't know that I mean nowadays with with technology and the amount of information that's out there I think more and more people are learning about the different species of bass but it's like you'll mention a species of bass whether it be on your show your podcast whatever and i'm like what is he talking about (laughs) you know but like yeah you know i i I think it's cool like i i geek out on that kind of stuff and um uh i believe his name is uh what Professor dr stillwater that you have on your podcast right
2: uh, yeah, Noisewater, Kenneth uh, Noisewater, I mean, noise okay. yeah.
0: All right, I was close, I was close. Yeah. But uh, I know he, there was an episode, I think, uh, a while ago where you guys were talking about different species of bass and things like that, and I thought that was totally cool, so.
2: That's uh, funny, yeah, it could have been, yeah, Dr. Sammons was on the show. Dr. Kenneth Noisewater, really just Ken Morris, he, he actually lives yeah. in Ohio, yeah. but <laughs> he was, uh, but. The actual, like Dr. Salmon's, Dr. Michael Allen, we've had, you know, those guys from Auburn and University of Florida, they've been on the show talking about different species. And I'm a little bit fortunate because I did grow up in Atlanta and you can catch all, pretty much all the black bass species, except for the Guadalupe bass in the state of Georgia. Uh, So I had a chance to kind of travel around and do that. And and most of them, the rare ones actually are just river species only. So since I was a river guy, I naturally sort of just kind of found out about it. And I didn't realize until I started getting a broader perspective of, you know, the U.S. and the globe that, you know what? Wow, this shoal bass only lives in Georgia. It's only this, you know, uh, red eye or, you know, swanee bass, they're only like right here in like just Georgia or Florida, you know, just the southeast. And it was pretty cool actually finding that out. So I actually did an article with ESPN um, Bassmaster, you know, and I think you can still look it up on ESPN. If you type in the search, type in my name, the article will come up. Uh, about chasing the black bass slam. Now it's just kind of crazy because there are so many different strains of uh, – well, not strains, different species being separated out for black bass, all of these different rivers and creeks, and it's getting a little bit complicated. But in all the bio, like biologist circles, that's big discussion because should we keep researching and, and separate this one that comes out of this little river system, this little creek system here up these mountains – how much different do they need to be to to be described as separate species? Because the problem you get into is, I believe, up in the northwest, they got like uh, salmon that they're so they, they keep making them such a different species and actually separating them out. Okay. Uh, which means the biologist writes some paper and all those peers review it and everybody, and they're like, you know what? Oh, that is different. We should call that a different species. When you do that, it now becomes the only little spot in the planet that exists, which means it's an endangered species. Once sure. it becomes endangered, you can't really fish for it and do much for it. So it's like, how much do you really want to like separate these things out? You know, it's, it's interesting. So we'll just have to keep following along and see what they sort of decide on it. But I mean, right now, I don't even know. I still don't even know how many people out there call the the larger spotted bass that's in the coosa river system i'm sure. just saying spotted bass because it's really has been officially designated the alabama bass but i'm pretty positive most everyone out there still calls it a spotted bass that's really not true it's really an alabama but um and then the the actual spotted bass are so the smaller ones that the, the northern strain the kentucky or northern strain sure that uh you guys probably y'all have any of those uh up your way
0: No, no spotted bass up this way. Yeah. yeah. Just
1: regular
2: bass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do they score? Yeah. (laughs) I think if you go further south to, I think anything that probably flows into that, like Ohio river system, would have them, you know? Sure. But I don't know what you guys are, where your rivers are ending up.
0: I don't know. Basically, they all dump into the Mississippi. Like yeah. out of the Illinois River, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in the southern part of the state, there might be some down by the southern part of the state, because I think part of that drains into Kentucky Lake. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure.
2: Yeah, there but... probably is. And you could, and there's probably areas that people have introduced them. Sure. Um, that that's happened everywhere. They're probably introduced in the, probably introduced in those creeks and river, the bayous in Louisiana where we're getting them. Sure. Uh, where we will be catching them, I guess. Most likely are because people think that oh, it's a spotted bass. Let me move it. It's gonna get huge. Like the record spotted bass is probably I don't know. It's probably over 10 pounds or whatever. But it's just that one particular species that's now yeah. been separated, the Alabama bass. So they a lot of rivers out in the southeast are kind of screwed up because because anglers started to move them. You know, they moved the right kind into Lake Lanier in Georgia. They get huge. That's like a trophy fishery for them because they it was really close to the Coosa River system. I mean, the headwaters of those two. That lake is really close to um, the Etowah River, which is the headwaters of the Coosa, which, you know, has that strain. So there's some places that got lucky and the, the right ones got moved. But um, and then, of course, when they did official stockings in California where the new records are being caught because uh, they're eating trout, they're feeding them. Basically, sure. those were the, those are the right ones because biologists moved. them. But the problem is anglers have just moved too many fish around thinking it's the right. Oh, it's called a spotted bass. So it's going to get big. Let's move it. But not right. really. Then they out-compete, and they kind of screw up some of the largemouth fishing. So,
1: very cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually caught my first one uh, out in uh, Tennessee. A legit, mm-hmm. a legit spotted well Alabama bass.
0: I was think it, we need. Uh,
1: yeah, I we think need think verification. We, we need Drew yeah. verification on that. Photo. I was gonna
0: say I think yeah. I think yeah. we need some verification because.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, I had Matt Cunningham. He told me he was like, okay. "Hey man, that's it." You that's know, it I mean, right? the, the whole day I was there, I was fishing just for them, and I finally got <laughs> into one.
2: Yeah, I can believe that. They're not they're not too tough to catch um, in that area. They're, they're pretty aggressive. They have this little tooth patch on their their tongue. If you want to feel, you'll see a rough tooth patch about the size of a most of the times about the size of a pencil eraser, mm-hmm. a little bit smaller than that. You kind of can feel it, and it's it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that is that's a lot of fun catching those different species. You know, to me, it's I love catching big fish, but there is something like you guys are saying about catching just different species in different environments, and it's sort of a... Some of them are sort of the brook trout of the bass family. It's just kind of a fun thing to do. If anybody ever wants to catch any of them, I'd be happy to, to take people on guided trips. I kind of do that, uh, or promote that again. I I stopped doing it for a long time, but kind of open it back up. If anybody's ever interested to wants to take a trip, feel free to go to my website.
0: Yeah, I know. I heard that on uh, your podcast that just released a a day or two ago. And, um, I thought that was interesting. So that was, that was actually one of my questions like, um, you know, uh, from the sounds of it, you guided before, um, you're going to start doing it again. So, um, obviously you focus on rivers, but I thought the key that you brought up in your podcast was, um, you know, we're not just going to take you out to catch a bunch of fish. We're going to teach you the -hmm. proper ways of fishing rivers, whether it be with drag chains, uh, um, power poles, things like that. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's key. So, um, I mean, sure. What, yeah. what.
2: Yeah. Floating. I mean, floating river, it's, it's kind of a weird thing because you know, the saying rules are meant to be broken. That's true with, with river fishing. Cause most of the time you're the common theory is, Oh, well you want to throw your, your baits, bring them kind of down current it looks natural you know, at least at least down in forty at a 45 or straight down river, it kind of looks natural. That's that's a theory that I I break a lot. I don't I don't buy it, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, and I and I'm going to teach people why, and uh, when I'm out there and explain to them and just just the brief version on that one is simply: Have you ever seen a fish swim upstream? Sure. Yeah, they go <laughs> upstream all the time. They move right. all around. Fish right. go every direction. It doesn't really look natural unwrapped natural if it's going either direction quite frankly but there there is something to be said that in swift swift current fish may be looking upstream a little bit more so you could sneak up behind them but yeah i'll teach, them, teach people everything about secret ways i found access certain waters like um and then satellite imagery and looking and scouting like i can find a good piece of water you know these days sort of similar to how the you know some of the the pros on um uh, MLF or, you know, bass or FLW, they're, they're really good at just, they've done it so many times and I've just done river so many times. I can just look in a map and I can, I can tell if the river is going to be a hit or if it's not. And then specifically what section and what float to go on. And um, I can teach people that kind of stuff. Like, and it's, and it's honestly, it's one of those things that I kind of felt bad. I was like, I just don't like taking anyone's money for taking them fishing. This is kind of ridiculous. You know, back in the day I did it because I needed to make ends meet when I quit my job I started working for Jackson Kike to design that new, the new Cusa. We had this awesome deal in place where I got paid $12,500 full time to work on this boat. <laughs> so full time salary, I'm really doing, doing it, you know, quit my job to get a huge pay cut, but I obviously knew, I knew we were going to make an awesome boat and it would pay off for me eventually. So, um, and, and I was happy to do it. I mean, you know so it worked out but in the meantime i had to like make ends meet so i I guided and just try to teach people a lot about how to catch these fish not just take them out to some honey hole and just let them just throw and then you know kind of put them right on it i mean i can do that if people want me to but i think most people want to be able to go and do it you know on their own so i kind of teach everything about it i mean from you know the, the float trips how to plan them what what to do to you know, on average, uh, your water moves about two miles an hour. You don't want to, you don't want to cover more than six, six, seven miles in a day. And if you're, if you are, you know, you got to keep up the pace. Fortunately, these days we got smartphones with that nice little blue dot that shows you yeah. where you're, <laughs> how, much, how much further you got to go. And most places do have signal these days, but in general, like, you know, if it's a small Creek, you could, you could rip off eight, nine, 10 miles a day. I've done 14 in a day. Sure. But you gotta be moving. You can't take some big wide river that's got a lot of, you know, rapids and shoals and ledges all across it and zigzag back and forth like like the Susquehanna. You you don't wanna do like but a mile, two miles in a day. Because you're gonna be just doing this zigzagging down the down the river the whole time, ledge after ledge, and and you don't even need to do shuttles on Susquehanna, you just need to put in and start start going zigzagging on that river. But anyway, every river is different. That's my point. You know, I can teach people about rivers that have, or uh, swampy blackwater rivers down in, in, you know, low, low areas like, uh, you know, Florida and Southern States, once they start to get like that clear spring fed rivers, rivers with rapids, muddy water, you know, just all the above. So it's a pretty cool, uh, time to, to be on the water and just kind of pick at me however you want, because, and I don't feel as bad about it anymore. Cause I know that I'm saving someone so much money. Sure. I feel bad about taking money, but at the same time. Now I realize like, wow, I'm saving this person so much time and money of sure. how many trips that I've had to, how many trips I've had to make, right. To go learn all this stuff. And it, and it kind of clicked in my mind because a, a good buddy of mine guides down in the Florida Keys and, you know, he charged like everything in the Florida Keys is expensive and he charges, it, you know, actually not a super expensive rate at all, but I'm, I'm always like recommending people to him. And I'm like, listen, the stuff that guy has taught me it, just by being my friend and get, take me out there and the. 25 30 years he's been fishing those waters and how complicated that is with with salt with tides. And now yeah. you've got the Atlantic and the Gulf coming together at opposite tides through these little islands. Dude, you could pay him a thousand, two thousand dollars a day and you'd be getting your money's worth based on how many times you have to drive down there, stay in those expensive hotels, fish, the beach, <laughs> drive back home or fly, whatever, and do it again over and over and over. It's so worth it because next time you right. go you got it because he taught you so that's what i'm gonna do
0: no that's killer man and uh so is that going to be uh just in your home state which is south carolina correct
2: uh well i'm I'm going to the border i'm just on the north side so i'm in north carolina but i'm in the charlotte area charlotte's right on the border so some of the metro area ends in south carolina but um i lit it's it's funny because it is confusing where i live because sometimes um People say, you know, because oh, I know you're, you know, you're in Georgia. I'm like, well, I grew up in in Atlanta, but I've lived in South Carolina. I lived there for about four or five years, and then I lived in lived in North Carolina now. and I went to school in Tennessee, so I kind of know the southeast pretty well. But people can hire me to do guide um, trips wherever. But if I go on a guided trip, let's say in in Texas or wherever. It's only going to work out if I'm going there that year. Like, hey, I'll say, hey, I'm coming through or coming near that area, and I could make a little bit of a, you know, jolt this direction real quick, meet up with you f- for a day because it's on my way to my next sure. destination or whatever. And let, so it has to kind of work out like that. But I think most people can sort of find a, we can find somewhere to get together. But if if anyone's near the southeast, it's a no-brainer. Come down there. Yeah. Let me put you on a shoal bass or a, a bartram's bass or a. Swanee bass or red eye or whatever you want to catch, spotted bass, Alabama bass. I mean, we can we can do any of it. You know, huge huge shoal bass. It's a lot of fun.
0: Very cool. Well, next time you're coming to Illinois, let me know. I'll pay for Jay's guiding service. He needs some direction.
1: Yeah. All right. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna go upstairs. Yeah. (laughs) Why am I even here? Yeah. (laughs) You're gonna go. Yes. I mean, come on, really. You're gonna go go stock
2: the pegs back there, man. Stock the pegs with some. Get some yeah. Z-Man on those pegs. It's
1: hey, all over there, dude. It's all right in there. You want I got to, you. you want I'm not even kidding. There's like 30 or 40 bags. All right.
2: Good. Good.
1: Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, you know what? That's interesting. No, no. I'll bring it down. So this uh, we there's this color in Z-Man. Let me see if I got it, one. Is there. this really the color of Drew? <laughs> you
2: know, I get that question uh, a good bit. It's called uh, Drew's Crawl.
1: Yeah. yeah Drew's okay. Crawl.
2: You know what's funny is it's not me. It's another Drew that contacted that Z-Man's close with, and uh, I don't I don't even know like his last name. But uh, basically, he came up with that color, and and kind of I don't know how or or whatever. But I I will say I he will lied say, to me. Yeah, well he did. He maybe he maybe lied a little bit then. But
0: I, I think season, it's cooler being your Drew 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 Gregory's crawl. I mean I'm just going to make that <laughs> statement.
2: Well. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But I will say this, you know, we can still pretend that it is because you guys, know me and Drew and I, and I represent Z-Man. So that's cool. You guys can just, yeah. you know, have the confidence of putting that on there say, Oh, Drew's fishing this. So it's going to work. But I will say this. I don't really, I haven't really talked about this publicly and not really going to say a lot about it. Cause it's not all like, it's not a done deal by any means, but I do enjoy designing and developing things. You know, we develop, you know, kayaks and uh, Jackson Kayak and Blue Sky Boatworks and cool stuff that that um, our company's done. I love being a part of that, but I also enjoy working with other sponsors. I do, you know designed that trailer with uh, Tennessee yeah. Trailers that they yeah. actually finally uh, we finally I think nailed down the final version and we'll maybe get some photos of it in in February and uh, folks can start order, ordering that trailer. But awesome. we're always going to keep tweaking it. But anyway, long story short, I've got some designs and I'm some lure designs and I'm. I'm working on, I'm working on developing pretty unique and, and different, which is why I'm saying that, you know, fingers crossed that my crazy and unique ideas work because, you know, not all ideas work. It took the guys, uh, the Davises who invented the ChatterBait a long time to figure it out, that make it work. And these ideas are, are not, groundbreaking unique as that because that's it's hard to get anything that's that groundbreaking but sure sure. they're pretty darn out there i can't say for with confidence that they're going to work but i'm like 80 to 90 percent sure they will work and catch fish and if if that works out then hey maybe you will see not just a color called drew's right we'll see you know a drew gregory lure coming out but with whether it's z-man or whoever but uh hey i I just love doing it it's kind of fun that's my next sort of
1: little side venture right now i'm working on i dig it we could have kept that myth going on forever
0: yeah we should have yeah
1: i mean you could have just been like well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) know? yeah sure i could have just played just
2: super coy and just pretended like it was my color
0: yeah i hear you man i hear but then you some
2: drew out, some drew out there that really designed that color is gonna he's gonna like
0: yeah, he's gonna come you hunt know. you down
2: <laughs> yeah like it you know you're only like what is that seven degrees of separation or kevin bacon or whatever that thing is like you're always we're always seven people away. Like someone's yeah. going to hear about it. Tell somebody, tell somebody, tell somebody, they're going to tell that Drew guy. And I'm going to get some phone, some phone call from, from his lawyer. Cease six. Yeah. <laughs> C- C- C-
1: yeah C- right.
0: C- no, that's cool. I mean, uh, I know, I know Z-Man is, is my favorite plastic bait and, and not only that, the chatter bait, um, as well. And there's a lot of jokes from our listeners that go around because, People have seen my collection of Z Mans and I get made fun of quite a bit.
1: It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. It's yeah. I, it's, I I just had.
0: It well, that that <laughs> package that showed up has got more Z Mans in it. Uh, so and that just showed up an hour ago.
2: <laughs> that's funny. Dude, it's it's a really unique and awesome company too, man. They're great people and the what I love about them is they're very similar to the Jackson Kayak of of uh, you know fishing lures in some ways because they. They just love coming out with real unique and innovative stuff and between their plastics being so stretchy and reusable, yeah. you know, and, and the chatterbait being so unique. And, and now we got spinner baits. I mean, I can,
0: yeah.
2: I really don't use anything. I don't have any other lure sponsor. It's just them. I don't, you know, I, I got to find a, you know, maybe just go and buy some top water baits here or there and a few other things, Jeez. plugs, whopper plopper <laughs> or whatever. But other than that, I just keep slinging that Z-man. Now we got that spinnerbait, so we're we're set, man.
0: I know a guy that makes some decent buzz baits. So if you're ever looking for some buzz baits, bait, call Jay. Yeah,
1: well, I don't know the other guy. And they
0: work they work in rivers. They work in rivers on smallmouth. I can attest to that. Nice. So, um, I
2: love I love buzz baits. Who makes these buzz baits, Jay? Um, you know.
0: Jay Randall. <laughs> hey, hey, <it's> this guy. <laughs> No, and
1: actually, you know, I have these uh, these double-bladed uh, turbo blade type buzzbaits that work really, uh, really good. They track yeah. really well, like straight. Uh, nice. You can fish them through. I mean, he's used them yeah. a lot. I like them a lot. Uh, I'll send you some, Drew. I'll send you right. some. All right, sounds Bucky. good, man.
0: Hey, he's gonna send you some. He charged. <laughs> he charged me an arm and a leg. So you got one up on me, my friend.
1: Well, you're not Drew.
0: Yeah, nice. that's true. I'm not Drew Gregory. are true. You're right. <laughs> Touche. Well, Touche. Well, uh-
2: well, I'm not Drews Crawl, so yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, oh, we're still so sad. No, I you know, getting back to the Z-Man and and that's a story I share a lot is like I used to uh, you know, I'm a big crayfish guy and obviously Z-Man's got the Turbo Craw, they got the Punch Craw, uh the oh, yeah. TRD Craw. Um, but I found Z-Man, I picked a bag up of the Turbo Craws in a watermelon and I was up in northern Wisconsin uh, fishing a rocky lake, and I was tossing the Ber- Berkeley Chigger Craw, and you'd get, like, two fish out of it. And then mm-hmm. that, that bait was just destroyed. Right. I'm like, oh, I got these Z-Mans. I should try this. And I literally caught 50 fish, and that thing was still going strong. Yeah. So
2: It's
0: amazing.
2: It's yeah. amazing. And they've got, you know, it's, it's one of these things I actually appreciate the fact that Z-Man enforces – their patents. So they enforce that ChatterBait patent. They enforce their last tech. Um, I don't know if they've got a, I guess they have a patent or maybe they don't, but they just, they, they just hold, it's like Coca-Cola, you know, it's the secret recipe, how to make it. They, maybe they just keep that close to their chest, but either way, um, it's pretty cool that they, they do that honestly, because that separates them and makes them so unique and different. And that last tech plastic is just unreal. You got to know how to use it. Like you're saying, you got to have the right jig heads. Fortunately, they came out with their own jig heads because It doesn't do well in other sort of jig heads. They don't have little spikes and barbs that that hold it on there. But, man, if you finally get the right jig head, and like you're saying, you can sit there and catch as many fish. It becomes a hard bait in the fact that you own it and you catch fish on it until you actually lose it. That's it.
1: It's it's amazing.
2: Uh, But there's actually a video that I I watched the other day that Daniel Nussbaum from Z-Man put out. And if you are a fan of Z-Man, you should go watch it because it's an instructional video on how to – Use the Z-Man Elastic, how to store it, some tips to make sure it's, like, working properly and does not cause you any problems because, you know, you got to keep it in its original packaging. You can't mix right. it with other lures. You can't just take them out and start putting them in other bags. You, you know, it's got those little molds, those little plastic shell molds, basically, in the bag to keep them in good shape and and not, you know, have them get sort of, like, the tail on a swim bait be curved to the right or something because you you just got it loose in a bag and it's not in that sort of molded. Plastic yeah. tray. Anyway, it's a good video to watch.
0: I, yeah, I'll I, check that out. Watch check it. That
2: out. Uh, it's really informative.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, but uh yeah, I mean they're all right. <laughs> no, man, I use. You know what? I like the Z-Man, so I use a lot on the Ned rig, and uh, I've been using the swimmer shads. Um, oh yeah. On some chatter baits for pike, and they're pretty durable. Yeah, you know. So I've been digging that, you know. Plus, you get like a really, like a real wacky action out of them. Oh yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Just Flails. Yeah, that's. Well, insane. here's a quick question. So you probably run those too, I would imagine, on Cheddar Baits? I do. Do you run up. them uh, tail up or tail down? I always do it tail down. Tail down.
2: I, I know that there's a. It's kind of weird, like when you go up north, especially like maybe the northeast or Canada or maybe where you guys are. A lot of people will will fish a grub tail I can't, is it tail is tail up or tail down yeah. grubs what do you guys do for <clears throat> now i'm confused i haven't fished a grub in forever
0: i'm but, not sure about grubs i
2: think it, like a grub would like wind either way it does wind either way but there's like i think it's tail down is what i've seen from more people up north and i used to do it tail up but on a paddle paddle tail i always do tail down because in my line of thinking there's no water the Below the, the swim bait, it's all just smooth, clear water hitting that tail perfectly flush every time fresh. If you mm-hmm. turn it the other way, you got the hook and the bait, a lot of that, more of that skirt and just the bait um, disturbance, water disturbance hitting it. So it's not as clean and smooth. It's almost like dirty air, you know, NASCAR, you know, it's got clean air and dirty air. Sure. So in my theory, that's kind of why I, I like the tail down. So.
1: Yeah. all right. All right.
0: <laughs> looks so, like i gotta flip mine back over
1: Yeah, I know. i'm know. i not gonna lie I've, well, used, I've used them both ways i have too i you have
0: know? too and i think oh.
1: for me it depended on the size yeah and i throwing yeah if you That's do a smaller one, you might be okay but
2: if you think about it like this too those those um swim baits have they're a fish and there's an eye and there's a top a dorsal fin side and there's a you know an, an underside a belly so i'm reading sure. it like the fish normally swims i'm not flipping them upside down so it kind of makes sense to to fish them like, plus they have cavities in there for the like uh, for the hooks and stuff like that, um, and the underside, Some of them do at least. I know like the Z-Man Streaks, for example, has it on the undersides so on the belly. There's cavities for the hooks to kind of hide into. So to me, it just kind of makes makes more sense. But it probably catches fish either way, especially if you have it on the back of a chatterbait. It's gonna it's gonna move
1: for sure because yeah. the chatterbaits so much. But yeah, yeah, that's that's been the number one bait for me on yeah chatterbaits. I mean, honestly for pike, I can think yeah. of no other, I mean, besides just throwing a regular swim bait, you know, a plastic swim bait. I mean, it's it's pretty solid, man.
0: Yeah. No, I agree 100%. 100%.
1: It's an amazing
2: bait, man. The chatterbaits something else. It's incredible. I I just I know a lot of people don't catch fish on it. They don't know how to use it or whatever. But to me, it's equivalent of like first day someone came out with the buzz bait and how that changed Sure. spinnerbait or whatever it's like that is in its own category i mean i was watching them you know today on the i, I tuned in a little bit to the mlf stuff and they were you know they were catching them on chatterbaits down there in florida and a lot of other soft plastics they were using but um definitely we're throwing some some bladed jigs so
1: yeah man right on hey so uh <clears throat> i heard you're gonna be starting this new youtube thing all drew no crew
2: yeah something like that so back in the day i used to do a lot more of just simple videos and short stuff and whatever just self-edited stuff and i'm gonna try to get back to that uh sort of my roots it just allows more more content i mean i just need to get more content going out there it doesn't have to be the i get kind of i got stuck in this sort of rut that i don't want anything out there on my channel or social media unless it's like this most amazing high quality like sure and that's cool. But at the same time, it, it just, people want like more stuff. They just, with social media nowadays. They yeah. don't really care if it's just me with a GoPro or whatever. They don't really care. They just want the information that I'm giving them or, you know, they, it just seems a little bit more personal. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm trying to get back to that and I'm going to do some more of that kind of stuff. And I've got a, a, a stock of some new GoPro hero sevens. I've got a, I got a couple of the GoPro karma drones. I'm ready to start just kind of doing my own thing out there and, putting together but you know nothing crazy long but some of those uh videos are going to be you know review videos instructionals just me on my pond and um i got a little acre pond in my front yard nothing fancy i I threw a couple six pounders in there maybe maybe four or five of them (laughs) and uh you know know, i just threw a couple six
0: pounders in there no big deal (laughs) it's
2: it's only an acre it's not like they pretty much ate up all the bait that was in there i mean it, it can only handle like you know, 10 bass that are probably like 12 inches. So I I figured I'll throw four or five that are, you know, five or six pounds. Anyway, I've never even fished it. So I don't even fish it, but they just sit there and and eat, I guess. But I'm going to get out on the pond and um, try to do some instructional sort of videos, just short, simple stuff, you know, and I get too locked into like being the perfectionist and having it look so amazing and the high quality stuff. But uh, so hopefully everybody out there will will tune in and follow what I'm doing on, instagram and, and youtube i'm always trying to grow that kind of stuff and i'm not i'm not nearly as good as some of the younger guys that kind of grew up and more in the uh, not that i'm i mean i'm kind of still technically a millennial okay maybe not i was born in 79 so I, I missed the cut by a year but either way i feel like i grew up in this age but i'm not nearly as good as these sure these, the younger millennials who are just out there boom just constantly putting stuff together of course I got a kid now, I'm married, it's not quite as easy as, yeah. <laughs> got so much responsibility and stuff to take care of around the house that I don't have as much time anymore. So, luckily, I do have a pond in the front yard, which will give me the opportunity to do a little bit more of those just quick instructionals, and then pop out for fishing trips here and there, and then catch a few fish, and teach you guys something on a, on a simpler level than the actual produced Hooked
0: on Wild Water show. No, that's Awesome. Hey, do you have Drew's address? Because I need to go catch some six-pounders.
1: Uh, I don't know if he wants me to get me. That. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah that's he funny. knows that I'm not going mean, to just cruise out there right
2: away. <laughs> I'm going to hear somebody. we got a gravel gravel drive. I'm going to hear somebody rolling in there yeah. at, at yeah. night, doing some yeah. night fishing. Yeah. I mean, they're probably uh, seven seven pounds by now, man. They've been uh, in there a couple couple years, seven or eight.
0: But That's funny. I
2: mean, if they're even still in there. We've had some floods, and I don't know, but – uh, I was going to do this, just put, and I probably have a, all females in there, which is kind of a new thing. You hear people talking about female only because the female basket, a lot bigger, obviously. And plus, you, you know, exactly how many you have, you can control your population because they can't breed. So you don't get a bunch of stunted fish, small, bunch of small ones after a spawn. But, um, I did throw a couple in there that were smaller and, and maybe one of them's a male. So who knows, maybe I'll get a spawn or yeah. start catching small ones, but and I had dreams of turning that that pond into something awesome. But then I was like, dude, it's an acre. Like can't yeah. do much <laughs> i can't really do much with this pond mm-hmm. other than the instructional videos and stuff like that. So
1: You have to dig out another side and then leave a wall. Right. And yeah. And then just mm-hmm. take the wall out and like let the water flow.
2: Yeah, I need to expand it. Yeah. If I was really trying to turn it into something and I was like looking at how much money all that would cost, I was like, or I could just go down the street to the river and smash smash them six and sevens eat all day you know like,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's funny, yeah, pretty cool
2: yeah the wife doesn't like projects that it costs that would cost like thousands of dollars when we've got so many other things in the house like <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, right. kid to take care of uh, it doesn't, yeah it doesn't work like that
0: so
1: how is
2: that going by the yeah,
0: way yeah yeah we were gonna I, ask you, know, you you're a
2: new dad i mean it's yeah. you know it's pretty cool man he's getting uh he's getting more fun every day he's eight months old now He was a month, came a month early. So I guess he's really like seven months, but, um, he's awesome, man. He's fun. He's, he's getting, uh, to the point where he's crawling around, he's moving around, you know, he smiles all the time. If if anybody wants to follow anybody, that's a lot of fun to follow on Instagram. It's really my wife. She's, she's Mm -hmm. much better at that stuff than I am. Um, and her, her Instagram is just, I think it's just at Christina. Gregory or something, but she's got all the photos of Theo, trust me, and all the videos and, She just does post more often does much better job than I do, but um, he's cool, man. It's just cool. It definitely changes everything in your life. I mean, I I don't have as much time to do a lot of the other stuff that I used to, but like everyone says, it doesn't matter because, you know, you spend time with him and it's just so much fun. And then of course, one day he'll, he'll be walking and, and getting in a kayak uh, of his own. He was actually took his first kayak trip not too long ago. I think I maybe posted some stuff about it. Uh, we actually took him out in the new Blue Sky, but works Angler 360. That was cool, That's and cool. Uh, he has a little life jacket. So it's just it's just crazy. It's fun, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And and just I can't wait till one day, you know, he's really casting a rod of his own, paddling his own kayak, and my wife will get on to me for saying I can't wait for that because she's like, no, don't wish it all the way so fast. He's growing up yeah. so fast. he's <laughs> already <laughs> getting cheap. Yeah, it happens.
1: Yeah,
0: I will I will say this. Uh, enjoy it now. My my son just recently turned 16. I got a phone call this morning wow. that he got in his first car accident. So that was oh. yeah. So, wow. yeah.
2: yeah that's, Enjoy that's it now, fun.
0: brother. Enjoy it now.
2: <laughs> got to kind of take the good with the
0: bad yeah. for sure. Oh so, yeah, and, yeah. And
2: hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll love the outdoors and wild waters and fishing like like I do and my wife does, and I'm sure he will if he grows up. You know, obviously with us as parents, but um sure. uh, we'll let him find his own way but hopefully he enjoys it and and uh if not hopefully he finds something else and that he really really loves and is just as passionate about as we are about kayak fishing and, and fishing wild places
0: and maybe you never know maybe he'll have theo's craw in the z-man line that's <laughs> <up. laughs> right maybe
2: that's what i should name one of the new lures name it after him or something that if there they ever go. come to see the
1: light of day so
0: there you go there you go, there you go man
1: yeah if i could yeah. give one piece of advice don't show them the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and keep the Xbox or the PlayStation completely away. <laughs> well, two number one. <laughs> I, I mean, now, knows what that is. you got to ground kids outside. Yeah.
2: That's, yeah. That's right. like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's my
1: obsessed He's like, you take one of the kayaks. it's so funny. He's like, Dad, I'll go only because only you want me to. <laughs> he's like, boy. Like, I can't be hanging out with you when you're fishing because you just, you're so slow, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I feel like he just wants to zip down the river, know right. do, you know? Yeah. i just like, hey, like just Yeah.
2: It It Yeah, that, that thing, that reminds me of uh, season one of Hooked on Wild Waters. I did an episode with my brother, and that's how he was, sort of just like, he doesn't want to fish, he just wants to paddle down the river, and I'm I'm slowing him up. It was a lot of fun, that episode. It's really funny one. Actually, it's the funniest episode we've ever done, so if you go back to the
1: archives... Yeah. Yeah, I remember that.
0: It was a fun one. I yeah, did see
1: that one. I watched
0: it too. Yeah. I it too. All right, man. Well, we're getting close to the end, so uh, we're gonna give you the old hot seat treatment, and uh, we're gonna throw some questions at you. It's basically an either or. Uh, I know some of us will probably know some of the answers to this, but uh, I mean, do you want to start out with the first ones?
1: Um, sure. Um, all we right. You're on the river. Big surprise. Uh, cloudy day. There's breaks of sun. What color are you gonna throw on your uh, on your chatterbait?
2: Hmm. Do I get to ask a question if the ritters the river is clear or, or murky or?
1: Oh, hold on. One second. It. We get a ruling. Yeah. The, uh, get a ruling. <laughs> yeah. Um. We're gonna go with uh, stained. Stained. So I love these. It's called.
2: Chartreuse, sexy shad, I believe, and they also have sexy mullet. Yeah. So here's here's what I do, just so everyone has my little secret. I just ordered a bunch of Z-Man stuff. In, in that situation, it's definitely that I I go for for the clear water. I like the breaking brim color. Okay. And I, throw, I throw the Houdini, any Houdini color. They have uh, all the elastic plastic, whether you're using yep. a razor razor shad or a um, diesel minnow or whatever, like a, the swimmers, doesn't matter. Crawfish. I like throwing something like the Houdini color on that breaking brim on the back. And it looks, you know, it's got the colors of the brim looks super realistic and uh, in that in kind of clear water. And then as the water stains, I'll go with a white trailer with that um, sexy mullet. It's kind of like a white with a light blue and a little bit of maybe it's a couple strands of kind of yellow or chartreuse in there. And then I go to that color with white on the back when it's stained, but then if it gets really stained or if I'm just fishing for maybe super aggressive fish or just fish that I know really love chartreuse, then I go to that chartreuse sexy shad or maybe it's chartreuse sexy. Yeah, I think it's what it is. Chartreuse something shad. And that's the one I throw with this, the, uh, it's a, it's basically all chartreuse yellow in the in the skirt, maybe there's a little bit of a, a couple strands of a darker color, but basically it's all bright and chartreuse. Then you add that with that um sort of chartreuse, I forget it sexy molar or whatever, chartreuse sort of um elastic plastic on the back. Gotcha. So that's what that's my strategy. That was, when it's when it's when it gets real stained. So it goes from, you know, the same clear, a little bit murky that next one, and then then you go with the all just freaking chartreuse whole thing out. So that's my, my progression.
1: See, I would have said the same thing.
0: I think you're full of it.
2: <laughs> we should have him write down his answers to
0: prove. Yeah, it. yeah we answers. should. We should. Then
1: we'll compare. We you hold. You hold it up. So can I? Can I just say I don't? I'm not really appreciating this alliance <laughs> that you two have against me. Hey,
0: me and Drew can <laughs> see right. right through you.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, it's too funny. Um, so I think you pretty much answered this one: uh, power fishing or finesse fishing
2: yeah definitely the power fishing for me
0: all right jackson coosa or jackson cuda
2: coosa still my favorite hole i mean you know for rivers you just can't beat it that that boat still sells today and it sells yeah. because of the hole you, if you're really yeah. looking to fish rivers and yet you know if you're doing 60 70 whatever 100 percent of your fish on rivers you just you no other boat out there's ever been designed like really just for rivers. And I know when we first came out with it, we kind of had to say and market it because it's it's still great on lakes and small ponds. Don't get me wrong, sure. especially compared to what was out there then. And we didn't have a, a Cuda or anything else. But uh, man, it's it's a river hole and it is a little sports car out there on the river. It's it's awesome.
0: Ten pound largemouth or six pound smallmouth.
2: Hmm. Probably I'm not... gonna have to go with the smallmouth on that one. Alright.
0: I figured as much. Yeah. Being a river guy.
1: Yeah. Being a river guy, I figured as much. And, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with another kayak one. Cusa H D versus the Liska.
2: Mm. That's a good one. You Ooh. know, I I'm still probably I'm gonna go the HD, I think.
0: You lost. You lost. I, I was hoping he'd you say know, that. I
2: still am. <laughs> 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 I, I kinda there's a few things about it I, I kind of like. One being the, you know, um, the fact that the there's a little bit better rod stager and rod tip protector situation going on. And going down rivers, you kind of, I kind of need that. I, I'll break rods if I don't have those sort of things. But that's, that's definitely one of the, the features I like over the Liska. I
1: like
0: it. I like it. I like it.
2: I mean, my name is on that kayak, by the way. Don't forget. Yeah, <laughs> we know Drew. it's true. It's the true, Gregory signature model. How am I going to pick
0: this <laughs>
1: hey. guy? He hey. that one. He's like, this where, is mine. My-
0: where's Where's the Jay Randall edition?
1: Uh, that's still in little plastic beady pieces. <laughs>
0: Gotta talk to Jackson about that, man. Gotta talk to Jackson about Nobody that.
1: Nobody wants to hear from me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody's taking my calls. I'm actually surprised he took our call.
0: This is true. This is true.
1: I mean, he had every chance to not answer today. This is true. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's this interview, I, I'm I'm questioning why I did take it. After all this, you guys, are, you guys are a trip.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> no, I'll hey. joke aside. It's actually a lot of fun. You guys are great.
0: No, we we like to have fun, and um, you know that our big goal is just to get people involved in the sport, grow the community, and uh, just teach people things. And um, you know, going back to the CUSA, me and Jay both worked the Chicago Fishing Show this past weekend uh with one of our local paddle shops and uh you know the coosa that was one thing there was guys walking into the booth that were just like i've had mine for five years or whatever it was you know like extended periods of time and uh they had nothing but great things to say about it um i mean me personally i'm not gonna lie i've never been in a jackson i'm yeah. a fide guy but it's okay yeah. you know um well, but that's the you. thing for a while I you had, did you, know. you, you had the hd and the fd but that's the thing man um you know our our big mission here is just to uh get people involved in the sport doesn't matter what boat you're in whatever just as long as you're on the water having fun enjoying the outdoors so um absolutely that's it i think uh this has been great just because um uh, i don't think we've really had a river guy on other than you know,
1: I'm not really a river guy though. Jay. not like him. <laughs> yeah, definitely
0: not like him. I mean, that's obvious. That's obvious, but uh... I, I'm
1: still like I would say, eh, like 65% lake.
0: Yeah, sure, <laughs> you know? sure, right. But uh...
1: yeah, I'm getting there though. Well, I'm, I'm it's afraid. a little different. I mean,
2: you know, there's <laughs> definitely good rivers in in your area, but there's there's a lot of good lakes too. I mean, I I don't know if I grew up up there if I would have necessarily been so much of a river guy i probably would have done although there's good lakes where i grew up too i guess but sure. you know what i'm saying like it's the rivers where i grew up are exceptionally really good and they have so many different unique species and it was like that was kind of the draw you know oh
1: so. sure you know and we're, for, and we're like so where we live you know uh, i forget the miles but we're about an hour and a half from each other and i'm like 40 minutes from chicago and so there is just a whole chunk of people in that area yeah so in matter of fact after talking to you and everything um you know the the past few times uh you know and i i told you was like i was looking to get more into the rivers and whatnot and what i found is that nobody's on the rivers yeah nobody you know so i've got them to myself you know um -hmm. we were catching you know where everybody's like competing in the online tournaments and all that there's not a lot of options where i am like as far as the lakes go and now i mean thank god it's growing but there's kayaks everywhere man yeah. <laughs> you know there's yeah. so many guys but they're not everywhere on the rivers they're yeah. not on the rivers you know so i'm well there might be now, but yeah <clears throat> right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean but i'm out there i mean and i've taken brian out there yeah i mean well these days i'm, I'm fishing a lot for pike you know i'm keeping it open but you know pike is my main um mm-hmm. my main species i chase but uh you know, but there's a lot of good smallmouth and largemouth mixed in with all these fish, too. And, you know, it's, I'm just finding that there's this whole ecosystem out there, especially in, oh, I'm telling everybody in the world, the Chicagoland area, <laughs> that there's there's so much water to be fished that no one's fishing. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and I'm finding, I like it. I mean, well, we actually, where I go, I we have to paddle upstream. You yeah. Know? And if you're not willing to do that, <laughs> right. you know, you're not going to find these yeah. spots
2: takes a lot more work, so I don't think people want to put in the work, which is sure. You know, you got to be willing to do the work and get a little exercise, yeah. and and most people out there in, in life pretty much just are lazy. Um, so, but to me, the effort of putting in it a real difficult access and and maybe there's not so many of those because we had some more uh, hills and Piedmont Appalachians, you know, in the southeast, but putting in at a access that takes, you know. 10 or 15 minutes of drag and work your way down to get to it. To me, it was like, well worth it to have the entire day of much better fishing than going somewhere that everyone else is putting in easy at a ramp and the, and the fishing kind of sucks. So I can't believe more people don't do it, but they don't. So there you go. Let's keep it a secret. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On a global scale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rewind rewind this whole segment. Edit it out. Just,
1: we're put gonna something put something we're, we're gonna put lake every
2: time say river. Yeah, exactly. lake. My math won't lake. match up. Be like, what the river? heck? Yeah. I
1: thought. I
0: thought. Drew, yeah, I thought Drew was a river guy. Yeah. All he's talking about on this podcast is lakes.
2: Yeah. yeah. You, know? yeah you really should just sub in a do- total different word, like a uh, beaver pond. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> like, oh, 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 oh. I was catching fish. I paddled upstream in this beaver pond.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's too fun, man. Too fun. Well, we don't want to keep you much longer. Uh, Again, we appreciate it. Um, If you want uh, to go ahead, um, plug your, you know, social media outlets where people could find the TV show, um, your sponsors and all that good stuff. That'd be great.
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, you can check out most of my stuff at hookedonwildwaters.com. there's a link to pretty much everything there whether it's my blog or podcast or if you want to find out more about the trailers or whatever um it's all pretty much there but uh, i'm trying to think uh, social media it's at at drew gregory fishing on instagram you got um on, on facebook just uh look up uh hooked on Waters facebook page and then uh, i'm out there on a personal profile too i may and maybe full though of friends. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Apparently there's a limit you can hit, but um, I may still have a few. Every once in a while it goes back down and I can add a few more people, but uh-huh. uh, find me. I don't care. I mean, I'm happy to friend anybody or whatever. And then if you're on, if you really are on Twitter, uh, I don't do as much with Twitter, but I'm there too. Bass or Drew. So find me. I just, whatever I post on Instagram, I just double post to Twitter. So sure. check me out. And of course, YouTube is the hooked on wild waters channel and we got, New episodes we're going to be filming this year, and they're pretty exciting. So I'm really pumped awesome. about where we're going, and of course, yeah, you know, we've talked about a lot of the sponsors: Jackson, Kike, Z-Man, Bending Branches. Um, trying to think, you know, you mentioned Smith Optics, Power Pole is a big one for me. Uh, Yak Attack, uh, Boondocks, Anchor Wizard. Uh, I'm gonna forget tat Thirteen Fishing, my rod and reel sponsor, make awesome stuff nice. as well. Under Armour uh, for for clothing, they make great great fishing clothing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, whatever. I'll forget somebody and I'll,
1: I've
2: been, I've been fortunate to have, you know, quite a few, so it's sometimes I forget, but, um, anyway, that's about it for me guys, but I really appreciate y'all having me and uh, it's no. been fun and maybe I'll even, you know, I want to try to promote this on my podcast and maybe even, uh, uh play a snippet of it or something or even double post it if you guys want you know try to grow what you guys are doing because this is kind of a new podcast right i mean yeah
0: yeah uh we started it uh i think it's seven months ago um and uh you know jay kind of came in just uh a month ago or so um my former co-host had uh some stuff going on um but it's crazy man like um i'm sure you get messages all the time obviously me talking about how you know i kind of idolize you as far as river fishing and stuff we get messages all the time um just just talking to some folks at the fishing show that listen to the podcast you know i had one gentleman come up to me talked for about an hour and a half and he got into kayak fishing when we started this podcast and he's like i've learned so much i i can't thank you guys enough and uh you know it's just you know we're just two average joes that just like to share our experiences talk with guys like you and and other you know average guys you know and um you know like jay has said before we're just we're just all average joes doing what we love and you know it, it's mm-hmm. it's very humbling and you know like i like i mentioned before like just growing the community is our main goal so yeah if, if you would um we'll we'll be more than happy to send you the audio clips and if you would share that that would be great greatly appreciated man and uh we'll do like we tell everybody man we're just here to you know talk fishing have a good time uh you know, we've had some guests in the past, like the first time we had Jay on, he was like, I'm nervous. I don't know what to say.
1: By the way, I was the first guest.
0: He was the first guest.
1: Wow, so there you go. He goes
0: he goes from first guest to uh, being co-host. But uh,
2: that counts for something.
0: Yeah. No. Finally
2: check one for Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what this Jay, is. it's like Jay one yeah and brian you're up to like whatever you're like yeah
0: oh, yeah we are
2: on this episode jay got yeah, one. yeah yeah <laughs> but it was the last it was the last one it's like catching the last
0: bass yeah. yeah exactly exactly no uh jay jay and i have become very good friends uh since that podcast and that and that's the thing man that's how the sport grows and uh you know uh Sure. Yeah, we both learn off of each other, and that's one thing we always talk about too. Is fishing is a never learning experience. So. Just
1: about fun, man. Yeah, yeah, it's always. just
0: about fun, getting outdoors, enjoying yeah. nature, and uh, you know, just that's enjoying right. it, man. So. I um agrees.
2: Sounds like you guys are hooked on wild waters to me.
0: Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to get me. you
2: out on some more wild she places. Like, but
0: now that I you know you're guiding, out. I'm going to end this podcast and send you a message so I can book a guided trip.
1: So. I actually, I actually had a question: Is where we gonna hang out next? <laughs> that was one of his That's questions. A good question:
2: Are you uh, you going down to the KBF thing or no? No,
1: I didn't, I didn't, I'm not participating this year.
2: All right, uh, I'm trying to think what other big event will be this year. I don't know. We'll figure it offline. We'll we'll I'm sure we'll get
1: together at some point, right? We got Even, even if I got to come down to, you know, to, yeah. to Venice, That's right. I mean, I'm sure I'll have to drag this guy along. I'll, he hears I out with you again and he didn't get I'll, I'll split
0: you. the guiding, guiding fees with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there uh, you go. That's what some that's what
2: some people have done. So, I mean, I got lots of people wanted me to guide them for the Bass Slam after the article came out in ESPN and one of them was like some senator or lobbyist or something or whatever. And he came down with his buddy. They split it. They just. That's cool. You have me catch all the fish as fast as you can.
0: That's awesome. And,
2: and as sh- little time as you can. We just want to catch one. Then we move. That was like, that's all. They, it was pretty cool. So.
0: That's awesome. That's cool, man. All right, guys. Uh, as always, you can follow along at paddle, the letter N in fin.com. If you guys got a question, comment, uh, you want to hear a topic on a future episode, Feel free to reach out at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Drew, thank you again so much. And uh, Thanks, guys. Definitely want to have you back someday. And uh, I'm going to get Jay to cover the bill for the guiding service, so we'll be down soon.
2: (laughs) Sounds good. Oh, Plano. That's what I forgot to mention. Plano. See, I was still thinking about other sponsors I forgot to mention. Plano. You know, that's
1: right by us. Yeah,
0: so next time you're in town, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Stop by, I pick mean, up a pick up an order. Yeah, I
0: mean yeah, we'll,
1: we'll, you, know, I'll take you to some of my river spots. Yeah. Like yeah. So. we'll take you to sounds some like wild waters. I actually have some. <laughs> <I don't> That's <think laughs> like a deal. All
2: right, sounds good. All right, guys, <laughs> you have a good night and thanks Yeah, again. you as
0: well, man. Until next right. time, guys. Tight lines and smooth paddling. All right. This weekend only, guys. Uh, another fishing show, February 8th, 9th, 10th rockford boat and outdoor show come on out i'll be there in the rocktown adventures booth if you can't make it you're looking for some kayak accessories go to rocktownadventures.com use promo code paddlefin20 all caps saves you 20 percent off paddles pfds yak attack accessories you name it Go to rocktownadventures.com and get all the gear you need for this spring. Tight lines and smooth paddling.
1: to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.
0: A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.